0: Welcome, everyone, back to an episode of Out of Context History. Today, we're gonna talk about some of the past events on the U.S. Capitol. Steve is joining me in a little bit of the episode to talk about everything, um, because who else is, who else would I have? Right? Well, talk about that. There's no one better than him, so he'll be on. And we wanted to do it because really for the main reason of it was historic, right? We want to talk about the historical context of where now, where we stand now with the past four years behind us, where does the capital riots and, you know, looting and destruction, where does that lie in history, along with where we think, like, how are we going to move forward? Or how did we move forward, right? Um, I think, just very quickly, off topic, I think we as adults should all spend one day, at least, at least one day, in a elementary school, really get an understanding of the next generation I think it can give us better perspective Um, I'm not just saying that I've been in one Uh, you guys know me I've just studied subject to teaching so that's why I say that those kids put life into perspective not only for you but just for what's going on in the world And how can you help for them? Because that's all that matters. Really, at the end of the day, right? How can you make this world a better place than you found it? So I'm excited. It's going to be a good episode. A lot to dive into, a lot to get into. So I hope you enjoy. And thanks for listening. We're going to kind of get into it, Steve. Uh, right, right away, let's get into it about the Capitol. Um, personally, me, I'm going to... No man is bigger than the people of this country. And I think that's proven. I think that a lot of us realize that. Never should be, right? No one man, no group of people is bigger than the people of this country. Um, and I think... I think impeachments. I think you know we're gonna get into it, but I think impeachments need to be taken a little bit more seriously
1: after these events. Um, what do you think about the whole thing? So my opinions on the Capitol insurrection are that the at the time the sitting U.S. president started an insurrection. <laughs> he, he yeah. He weaponized the up. he weaponized his base to go march on the Capitol and over an attempt to overturn. A legitimate, fair U.S. election.
0: Now, I I I think another thing that people, well, I should say, people, Trump supporters don't understand is there is a way to lose with dignity and lose with respect and le- leave the Capitol like Mike Pence did with honor. You know what I'm saying? Trump lost everything. He lost everything with his actions.
1: So, one thing I've always said is that you can say as much as you want to say about former President Trump, but as much as you want to, as much as people especially, people like you and I, Bobby, who lean more to the left, especially our age bracket in general, we can say how much we despise Trump, how much his policies were counterintuitive to the American way of life, but It's essentially who we are. We were able to elect the first black president in 2008, and then 12 years later have the first African-American woman be vice president. But in between that, we had a white supremacist. So whenever I keep hearing Joe Biden say, this is not who we are, this is not who America is, I know that that's him saying that to be a unifying figure. And I hope that he is not naive into thinking that now Republicans are going to work with him. Because this has been written on the walls since 2009. In 2009, we saw a staunch rise in extreme right-wing terrorism. We saw people right. We saw people burn down churches in Springfield, Mass. We saw people shoot at the White House. We saw people have Curious George 08 shirts. We have seen this mm-hmm. level of... Vitriolic racism and vitriolic anti-Semitism for a long time in this country since the militia movement of the early 1990s. Which
0: I'd say even before that, you know. Well,
1: I believe that the well, the militia movement that we saw in the early 1990s with Ruby yep. Ridge or Waco, uh, and then ultimately dying off a little bit after Oklahoma City we've just we've seen that the right leaning ideology, the right- leaning ideologies in this country are have been used as a way to weaponize the base and to stir a lot of, honestly, to stir up a lot of people just for the sake of keeping things the way they used to be, the loss of absolute power has now been confused with persecution for the American right. They don't want to win the politics, they want to win the culture, and they're upset that th- that America's not John Wayne anymore, and they're very uncomfortable by that. Here's the thing. I yes, I totally agree with you. But why why don't
0: you think these people have a not a they they have no faith in the next generation, you and I, after you and I, after them. They have no faith in any of us to make this world. You entered this world, you're supposed to leave this world better than you found it, right? That should be your life mission. That should be all a part of our lives. You make this world a better place once you leave. But why don't these people want to see that? Like, what's so bad about... So... Any, like...
1: Personally, I feel, I, do, I, I always say you can't, you can, you can have strong feelings and strong criticisms about your Commander-in-Chief, but you can't hate all of their supporters, I can't find myself I can't find myself to hate every Trump supporter because that's you can't find yourself to hate seventy something million people for just for the sake of not voting for your guy. And I understand that. But on the same note, to see now that seventy-five percent of Republicans believe the election was stolen. Now, I'm not gonna go into the whole the whole ideology of why I believe that <laughs> that Republicans are much more likely to believe that the election is rigged, the election was run against them. Now, a lot of the times, the people who are voting for Trump and the people that could have also voted for Joe Biden on the Obama ticket at one point, the lady who died, mm-hmm. she voted for Obama and Biden the second time, I believe. And she was shot trying to enter the speaker's chamber. Mm-hmm. So we see that sometimes a lot of these Trump exactly. supporters were very frustrated, and they were very frustrated. They they kept seeing, they kept seeing America changing, and they didn't like that change. Like I said before, um, Joy Reid said this perfectly on MSNBC during the inauguration that yep. conservatives lost the culture in the '90s. They realized that the culture was diversifying, the culture was expanding to not just White males being movie stars. It wasn't just the prettiest, like the pretty white skinny actor anymore, actress anymore. It was right. the world is changing, and for a lot of the, a lot of people, it, it changed way too fast for them. And for them, their culture meant far more to them. Saving their culture meant, was a lot meant a lot more to them than saving their politics. And when they and when Donald Trump first came about in 2015, the first major speech he makes is claiming that all, most of all Mexicans are rapists and criminals, that the government is cheating you, and that Muslims are coming to kill you. And he's he really did successfully convince a lot of people that only I, meaning Donald Trump, can save you from this. And even in 2016, you could hear him saying, the whole system is rigged. If I lose, it's rigged. The whole system is rigged against you, meaning against you can you can use context clues. Who do you think Donald Trump is claiming the system is rigged against?
0: Right, exactly. Now, I think that's another important point that we've gotten to this point in this country that we realize sometimes giving up a little bit of you for the better of the world is not a bad thing. Not saying that we we still have a lot of people that I think think, like you said, I think don't see the value in giving to others and that kind of thing. And they you know, selfish in their, I don't want to say Donald Trump views, but selfish in their conservative views, right? I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what they would be. They're just very, they don't understand that life is about a lot more than just what the, what Donald Trump is throwing down your throat, basically.
1: Well, another thing, yeah. other thing I also want to take note of is that when it comes to Trump's rhetoric and when it comes to him not coming out and disavowing a lot of these fringe groups really did garner support from a lot of these fringe groups, and the reason yeah. why the reason why Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is now rep- who is a representative from the House of Representatives in Georgia, she has tweeted and shared QAnon conspiracy theories, and she was just voted in this past fall. Right. For the, for our listeners who aren't aware, QAnon <laughs> is a QAnon QAnon is a global conspiracy that Democrats are running a ch- are running a pedophile ring. Yeah, it's it's if you go down the rabbit hole and see uh, reputable Q- sources on what QAnon is, you you can notice that they are all very sympathetic towards Donald Trump. They are they have roots in extreme evangelical evangelicalism, and we can also see that most of these people started following this during the start of the pandemic. So they're home, they have a lot a lot of time on their hands. They wanna find the answers. Mm-hmm. They want to find the truth. And they're going to find places that are going to be more tailored towards their worldview. And it just turns out that QAnon was one of those one of those things that really attracted a lot of Trump supporters because it made Donald Trump out to be a supreme leader. So, do you want to um,
0: just maybe continue with like ha- the rise of these Groups. Sure. So, um, unless, do you think is there anything else you want to talk about with the capital? I'm sure we'll throw things in there as we give context I think we to can the world. To that.
1: So, okay. the uh, rise of these groups. Are you familiar with the militia movement of the 1990s?
0: With you. So only you, because as of you, <laughs> like a lot of political things I only know when it it comes to
1: the when it comes to the (laughs) political atmosphere of the 1990s what do you remember as far as early 1990s history um
0: I think Rodney King comes Mm -hmm. to my mind um is the big one um I think a lot of just racial issues that we still see kinda really sprout. Yeah, exactly. Um I just think in the nineties you just have this
1: a new we also, world, we also, we a also new went to world. war. Right. So, For the first so time we correct. so once we invaded the Gulf and then we got out, the reason being is we were going through a recession and uh, Bush did have Oil. to raise taxes, and so he oh, so he famously said, "Read my lips, no new taxes." And we have to hold that line. He didn't hold that line. He had to raise taxes, not necessarily his fault, but nonetheless, he did. And then we have Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton being at the time a younger, more vibrant, and different, def- definitely one of the one of the boomers that we had, not necessarily. Oh, yeah. uh- someone like bush someone like reagan that was from another generation this this reagan uh, reagan clinton was much more appealing for the more middle the more middle class person just yeah and also just it was he was staunchly not the same as reagan (laughs) just politically not the same uh not to say that not to say that clinton was completely innocent as far as his lack of progressive ideals. I mean, he did start "Don't Ask, Don't Tell," uh, as as well as the mm-hmm. as well as the crime bill that we've now come that we've mm-hmm. now come to criticize as Democrats. But when when you see all this stuff start to tie in, and you see that there's a lot of anti-government sentiment starting to starting to be a fallout. Personally, I believe from the Reagan administration being so anti-government, saying that government is the problem and always just finding a way to put down the bad parts of government and not necessarily highlighting the notions that not that pretty much a lot of what Reagan did to convince the American people that was a lie. I mean, Reagan's brother and father were put to work by the New Deal and Reagan was fundamentally against the New Deal. And you'll see time and time again, especially once we talk about Ronald Reagan in the future, that there was a lot of things that the media didn't show about President Reagan at the time and how there was sincere media bias towards him in the 80s and staunchly different to now how conservatives believe that the media is not kind to them now we see that flip in not even 30 years mm. and so why, why do you think that
0: flip why do you think that flip has occurred, occurred? not in such a quick amount oh, of
1: time. Change. The co- we, when you the, think about the it. American culture has changed fundamentally since the 1980s. I mean, like I said, we're far we're far more diversified now. We have much more we have a much more in I believe eh, I don't know if I would say informed, but we have millions of more people that have access to information now than we did in the 1980s. And also just oh. do you think
0: a lot more people are willing to get educated on a
1: subject than they were in the 80s. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's like necessarily an argument to make, but it's definitely something to note that in the 1980s you your parents were probably veterans of the Second World War. So of keeping some the second world war was also something that a lot of people who served in congress over the years that that's something that they had connected with them on the other side of the aisle and slowly but surely that started to fade out in the 90s as well just because more and more people were that served in world war ii were passing away and there wasn't that bond Mm -hmm. anymore and uh, that's that's my personal hand towards that but what i was going to say about the militia movement in the 90s that we saw the american public couldn't believe when they saw timothy mcveigh for the first time after the oklahoma city bombing they couldn't believe that it was someone who was in the u.s military who was a homegrown patriot could do something to like that to his fellow americans yeah and we as we saw with the insurrection in the I Capitol, have- the fbi has barely taken this seriously they have barely taken far-right-wing terrorism to be scary and dangerous. They have clearly under, undersold and clearly underprepared just how extreme they will go. And it's funny that we what we saw in the Capitol compared to what we saw in the summer during the Black Lives Matter protests and what's been coming out, the D.C. The DC police chief resigned. We're starting to see more and more that the DC National Guard leader was denied access by the Pentagon we're starting to see that it's what we feared all along is that the federal government really had no plan for right wing terrorism because Mm -hmm. essentially since 9-11 we really haven't considered terrorism to be a domestic problem yeah no you're completely
0: right because, you know, I think once 9 11 happened, you know, we didn't even think about terrorism in our own country for no, a while. Yeah,
1: we, there was, I think that was, also it was partially, it was I able think that was to also creep up.
0: Islamophobia. Yeah, for sure, 100%. Um, and it, it's been able to just creep up on us. I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't necessarily let yeah, us off yeah, that yeah. easily saying it we let it creep up on us we've known it's been there for decades we've known it's been there since the 1990s and it it I can't stress enough that the election of Barack Obama made these groups go up by substantial numbers and the election of Donald Trump once again yeah. by substantial numbers it's only been really in the past 10 years it's about since the Tea Party movement of like 2009 to 2012 that we've seen a substantial rise in not only gun gun ownership in these people that we've seen more of these militias pop up and like i mentioned to you before in the southern poverty law center i believe when you and i were looking stuff up like this we saw there was 59 registered clans chapters across the country
0: yeah i believe it was something like that it was Um, more than it was
1: more than one per state i don't remember Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, even your small state of Rhode Island isn't free of, isn't free of uh, neo-Nazis there, my friend.
0: Listen, we were the last one to sign the declaration. I think we suck at everything we do. Besides, besides Gina. She's done a good job and I am happy for her that she got a big, big job. Well, a big important job for herself. She's done a good job. So, besides that,
1: Rhode Island wasn't September Rhode Island was, more.
0: Wasn't yeah, Rhode you know Island more?
1: Knew- Rhode Island was also more tolerant of religion during the times of the Puritans in Massachusetts, though. So,
0: yeah, we well, we're the. That's the whole reason Roger Williams came here from. I, I was gonna send you. I was gonna send you. I was gonna send you, you, had you had a passage a from male. what I was reading today about Mary <laughs> Hutchinson. Oh, from uh Professor Jay.
1: You're definitely from. Per- that showed me that passage yeah
0: yeah yeah um,
1: anyway yeah yeah yeah. we're, we're burying the lead here um, when, it, well, okay. when it comes to the, the um, militia movement especially of 2009 if you go on YouTube and you type and I'll actually send you the link Bobby there's a video that I always love to show people about just how ugly it was in the early 2010s okay. uh, it's called America the beautiful uh it's anything but in this video uh you will see some of like what you imagine you would see at clan rallies what you would see at a lot of these tea party events in the early 2010s they would call obama communist fascist Mm -hmm. and they would say anything Mm -hmm. else about him they remember those remember those uh pictures of obama that they had his face look like the joker Yes. Oh, oh yes. They, had, they had they had horrible horrible pieces of merch. They had merch that mm-hmm. said Barry Obama with Kennedy."
0: That's now just...
1: the same. Now, not which, to say that that's the which... majority of Republicans, but the fact that seventy-five percent still believe the election was rigged—you have to imagine that a decent yeah. amount really do believe this.
0: I just hope. I hope as a i don't know if I'm a as a proud independent as you know I am i hope that the independent party can do something within the next 10 15 years not win it but make a splash i personally don't. um
1: i don't I see think... i don't see an independent party as being a viable option just because any independent party that comes out for anything that's more of a left-leaning cause will drive votes away from the Democrats and reduce our power in Congress to an even greater degree than the Republicans have tried to build now for this essentially since the party line switched in the 60s. Yeah I, I don't know. Um,
0: because when I mean, because when we had I, I get that one I can thing, understand what you're one saying One thing I will I not forget Bob think... is
1: when Mitch McConnell said on the Senate said on a Senate interview well, a TV interview. I don't know why said an interview. But he said, my sole purpose is to make Obama a one-term president. He didn't mention his constituents. He didn't mention anything about the country. He just said, I want to make sure Obama's a one-term president. And he failed Mr. Blake.
0: Well, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think... Um. Why do you? So how do we? How do we get? Not, I guess, through or make this a better situation. Uh,
1: personally, I see President Biden has a lot to do when it comes to undoing a lot of Trump's oppressive policies and the policies he put in place merely just to mock the Obama administration. Um. The fact that Trump ran for president just because Obama hurt his feelings in the first place just shows how pity the man was. And I don't believe people really believe a lot of his policies held teeth until they were actually signed by Congress. And that's why Joe Biden seems like he's doing a lot as far as executive orders. But he is reversed. The majority of what he's doing is reversing a lot of Trump's uh, executive orders as well. How do I, now how do we increase, now how do we increase our ability to cooperate during this polarizing political time? Yeah. I don't necessarily have an answer besides, I personally believe the conservatives in this country have a lot of soul searching to do. And I know that sounds like me being a pretentious liberal elite saying that, but I cannot get over the fact that the loss of absolute power is being confused with persecution. And we are seeing this when we see now the millionaires that were on CNBC crying about the GameStop stocks yesterday saying that this is a way to this is a way to sell wealthy people.
0: You're so right. And I love that you say that because I was going to do I uh, have had a passion and I have a growing passion for Wall Street and learning about the stock market. So I love that you brought that
1: up. But you're so right, and it's bullshit. I really have no tears to shed for a hedge fund manager when these are the same individuals that there's pictures of them laughing and popping two grand champagne at at, at Occupy Wall Street protesters in New York. Uh, these people are the scum of the earth. I really have no. I have. I have absolutely nothing yes. to say against these people. Um, I'm not one of those people that says eat the rich. But when there's nothing left else left to eat uh the same people who say that they the same people i hear who love libertarianism which is a lot of these hedge fund managers they all claim i'm libertarian i'm libertarian so essentially what you're saying is you smoke weed, but fuck more people. That's exactly what a modern day libertarian is at this point, because a modern day libertarian to the extent yeah. in which you want the government out of your life to any degree, except for the military, is fundamentally impossible. This country would not exist if the federal government did not push for the transcontinental railroad. This government has helped build this country. This idea that we mm-hmm. can be completely... Mm-hmm. The, the the idea that Americans built this country, yes, but we did have a lot of help with the federal government because not for nothing we really didn't have much of a country mm-hmm. before Dreamscape Polk and he made us see the finding from sea, to, find shuck, from sea mm-hmm. to shining fucking sea.
0: Mhm. I just got that's all I got because you are spot on, my friend. That was great. Um, I couldn't set up my uh better myself. But try no, and
1: when you um... when you really start to see that these guys who like the the Bernie Madoffs of the world, or even so, this is the last thing I will say regarding President Trump before we start going into the, the legacies of the former presidents. But one thing that I think speaks so much volume is: Do you know the last action that Donald Trump? made when he was in office. The last pardon um,
0: he gave. It was uh, it was ridiculous, <laughs> but I forget. <laughs> I remember he- I remember hearing how ridiculous. So he pardoned
1: a for, Fox News uh, host's husband for tax for something about taxes. Yeah. There is nothing yeah, more yeah, quintessential yeah, than Trump. I'm sorry, but that is that's so that's <laughs> oh, so unbrand. He did leave on brand. That's the most on-brand thing that President Trump could have left on is pardoning someone so, related to someone from Fox News for tax evasion. <laughs>
0: now, I have a question for you because this this came up. A friend of mine asked, a non-historic friend asked mm-hmm. me this and I was so happy that she did. But would you... In our history... The worst presidents, yes, in Andrew our Jackson. Um, I think who, I th- well in, in general, like who is you the can. worst of all time? Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, do you think as time goes on, because already I don't think Trump has a good reputation. He's in the bottom
1: five. Yeah, he's in the box the reputation
0: that he had. Yeah, the reputation that he had is gone. Right. So, do you think? with time that's going to even grow more or do you think it's going to be kind of hard for him to pass someone like Andrew Jackson just because of what Andrew Jackson did to the Native Americans or do you think historians with time will give things context and those two well it might be just the two worst we might just have two worst presidents you know whatever the case may well the may laws be. kept the atrocities
1: from happening um, this time around but, but.
0: Right. But again, you know, with time, I think historians will study that and study, you know, what we do. So you can always give things context and perspective and say, okay, but that's pretty shitty for that time
1: period. Yeah, I personally believe that President Trump is in the bottom five. Um, I personally still hold George W. Bush in the bottom five. I still hold... Andrew Johnson in the bottom five. I still pull James Buchanan in the bottom five. Um, bottom five, I need one more because I already mentioned a few. Um, I already mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned I mentioned Bush, Trump, you don't have to. Buchanan, and Jax, um, and Johnson, so I have to mention one more. Um ah, fuck it. Franklin Pierce wasn't good. I don't know. Who would you say? Yeah. I mean,
0: I would never get over that, like, Herbert. Yeah, he was pretty Hoover, bad, too. Hoover, Hoover, yeah. He let the mob run this country <laughs> for four years. He let the mob do whatever he, they want. What do you mean?
1: We just, what do you mean, mean? We just wild, finished the Trump administration. Just...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah, That was good. That was good. That was good. That was really good. Did you see Kevin McCarthy went to Mar-a-Lago um, today? Looked like he was visiting Don Corleone. No. <laughs> yeah. It is not. So that's that. There's that. But um, as far as yeah, but um, uh, this isn't me going on record saying I actually believe Franklin Pierce is the fifth worst president of the United States. But uh, <laughs> for the spirit of for the spirit of <laughs> argument, sure, let's make Franklin Pierce the fifth worst president. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think people would put Thomas Jefferson in there too. Some people might. I don't check. believe. I mean, some people would say <laughs> I don't think he's top five. I believe. I believe in starting the Civil War, wanting want to him, bring though. back slavery, the Iraq War, and causing an insurrection of the Capitol are all things a little bit worse. But that's my personal. Yeah, that's no, my exactly. personal take. Exactly. Um, exactly. I just <laughs> That's why I said I'd make don't an think argument to keep Jex, uh, to keep Jefferson out of the bottom five at least. Yeah, definitely bottom not in the bottom, bottom five. But, um, five. bottom five.
0: Not bottom five. That's what I meant to say. Top but five, but bottom as five. As far you as know legacies
1: I mean. <laughs> that we've known from presidents, uh, so I believe where you would want to start that I start a lot of my political conversation with you with is Ronald Reagan. And the Reagan, what the Reagan Revolution really yeah. did for a, a lot of America is make them really anti government. And he inspired a whole generation of people who hate government to get into government which is what we saw in the twenty t- the 2010s when we had the likes of Michelle Bachman, Steve Desjarlais, uh Paul Brown. Some of these individuals like Michelle Bachman went on Fox News on Glenn Beck to talk about the U.S. Census being a way of having concentration camps. Now, these yeah. people are out there, and you know that their base loves that their base absolutely loves it when you see someone like what's her name Uh, Lauren Bobart, when you see someone like her and she makes a statement by open carrying a gun on the house floor now obviously it's just a political stunt it's I'm sure she really does believe in second amendment rights I'm not saying she doesn't um, I'm sure she does. I'm sure she takes plenty of money from the NRA, but the fact that <laughs> the fact that they feel so per- they feel so persecuted in a world in which you're not really per- you don't know what persecution feels like. You genuinely don't. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Do you think um, that the no, lack of education? No, because not for nothing. What it Uh, comes down to, Senator Josh Hawley went to Harvard University, so no, he doesn't have a lack of education. He has a lack. He has a lack of empathy and a lack of ability for understanding of everyday Americans. And I personally believe Josh Hawley should be in jail. But um, Josh Hawley pumping his fist to the. Crowd that was out for blood that wanted to hang Mike Pence and execute Nancy Pelosi. Uh, no, I personally believe Josh Allen should be convicted and tried for treason right and sedition. Uh, but the fact that he's even allowed to call himself a U.S. Senator today is absolutely insulting to the office and insulting to the institution and to the Citadel of democracy. I'm sorry for my small rant, but I really despise this individual. No, you're good. You're good. I really We love you, Small. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly didn't know. I, I honestly, I'm in, sure you're not alone. even claim my own ignorance, I was not familiar with who this individual was. And I thought I was pretty well informed on who the interesting people in Congress were. I was completely uninformed on who Senator Hawley was. Before this, now I absolutely know that he has no business being in our government. But yeah. the legacy of each president going back to, once again, we, we like to bury our leads on this show. Out of context history, bringing you more context. <laughs> exactly but digress to the legacy that Ronald Reagan left us was the man who who defeated the Soviet Union who said it was morning again in America and I believe now people are starting to see that a lot of our issues with race at least our modern issues with race were really accelerated by Ronald Reagan and, yeah, I think you're completely right. As far as when I asked my parents, how do you remember the Reagan administration? My mom always loved to say that he reminded her of a grandfatherly figure because he was soft-spoken and he was an actor. He knew how to, he knew how to bait people. The first ever president to really know how to bait people. Are you familiar with the conscience of a conservative? Hmm. Yes, because of professors. Yes. So, so, you knew who I've had. One of the professors that I had, <clears throat> I had to read Conscious of a conservative, conservative in his class, and he was very shocked when we did a in-class experiment that I was, for the most part, pretty anti-Conscious of a Conservative, and <clears throat> he called me out in the middle of class saying, Oh, Steve, I wish you, uh, I really wish you didn't know the political disposition of this before you knew this did this assignment. I was like, uh, "You do realize I've worked on numerous campaigns in my life, right? Like I have a pretty educated political opinion." <laughs> but right, well, that's the
0: issue with some of the, these professors in the world that are just well, yeah. I, mean, up I in believe the, this professor you
1: know, in education uh, at as all far all as when it comes cowards. to pretentious professors, I can wholeheartedly say that this individual is one of the few pretentious history professors I had. But that being said, I also, for the most part, agree with a lot of my history teachers. And politically, I did agree with this individual. I really did. But we just did not see eye to eye on the application of politics. Mm. So what do you think of as the legacy of Um, Ronald Reagan?
0: Uh, I think just to
1: add on with what you said, I think it was for someone who doesn't have as much of a political background on the man, but just knows him from like historical context, mm -hmm. because that's very important. I do look at things through a political lens sometimes. So you do all the time. I believe the political context context of history is important. Uh,
0: very important to everything you do in their everyday life. I think thinking about the people and thinking about music and culture and Ronald Reagan I think you've had a group of people that came out of the era just despising, just just hating Ronald Reagan. Both who hated government. (laughs) And were so right, who also hated government and found you know music like punk rock they found different things they found all these different organizations to be a part of when really they just they become so enclosure with their beliefs right and i think like you said we, we see that with a lot of these trump supporters they're so enclosed with what they believe in they can't see the bigger context of the world the bigger history of the world what's actually going on who what what does it mean to be american right that's what we like it it means everything but that right? means it something means different immigrants. to different people it means people. everything it means hard work but the right and these people are so enclosed in the, if you were to ask somebody it, when just, was when was america
1: great for people. a lot of people would say well, because right, the vast majority of people now some people would say the 1950s, some people would say the 1980s, you know, I mean, because because maybe in the some 1980s the it was 70s, going well for them because their neighborhood the wasn't overwhelmed by a crack epidemic, by AIDS, or anything else in society that wasn't affecting affluent white people. Right. <laughs> <What>? Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: So I just think it's such a, I think, looking I think coming back to the t- topic of the capital in 15, 20 years, when you and I like further our careers as well, I think it'll be interesting to see it because I think we're going to learn a lot more with that, the time that does come with it. But, you know, it is right now, right? Like you and I are still <laughs> living in this pandemic. Like COVID is still here. We're still doing this by video call, video chat like it's historic and I think capturing these moments with you and just talking about these things are important because somebody somewhere has got want to know what the hell was going on
1: in 2021 or 2020 and for some odd reason they you know, felt that that I and you were the ones that they needed to listen to
0: exactly so thank you
1: as always um, is there anything else that so, you just want to say I want to say good luck to President Biden. Um, obviously, I want him to do well. Um, he, ob- he also was not my first choice, as you know. I was, I was firmly for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. But as far as when it came to everything else going on, there is on there w- there wasn't really necessarily a choice for me in October because of the current situation that we're in. But I do hope that if there are any Trump supporters still listening after I just berated you for 40 minutes first first off (laughs) we need more people like you we need more people that are of a conservative mindset to listen to liberals because throughout history it's always been the liberals that have had to concede it's always been the little guy has to concede to the social norms of what it's always been i want any of our conservative listeners out there yeah to give their crazy liberal niece or nephew a chance i want them to give i want them to hear them out yeah. for why they are so upset and why they believe in the causes of social justice why they believe in the causes of racial equity why they believe in the causes of stuff like this because you may not be getting your information from the most reliable sources. I know just recently someone in my family, we found out, has been listening to a lot of talk radio and my mom asked me, oh, uh, Steve, what's what's so special about AM talk radio? I was like, um, who in our family listened to AM talk radio? And when she told me who it was, I was like, oh I was like, well, I was like, No wonder this person's been more into it when it comes to political discussions because they're getting all riled up. And if you do listen to sources like Newsmax, OAN, Fox News, or at least the primetime anchors on Fox, they're highly inflammatory. Mm -hmm. They make their viewers upset, they make their viewers wish your country's being overrun by liberal elites that want to take away your livelihood. They want to take away your John Wayne. And I know I keep stressing that point. But can you imagine the majority of the people who marched on the Capitol? Can you truly believe that even the people who didn't storm the building, they still went to a rally called Stop the steal.
0: I know, I know. I I just can't believe that because it's it's downgrading everything that democracy stands for and that this country stands for, and um, that these founding fathers stand for. It, right? We believe in the vote. We the feeling that we felt like you and I in our generation on the day that Joe Biden took office is something that we need to carry with us to the next generation. That feeling of unity, right? That feeling, just like Obama, when Obama like, was president for the black people, like the, the black Americans, that feeling that we all had, like we did it, we got rid of Donald Trump in office, is something we need to continue to teach generations that go before us. Because I think we can move better as a country. I think we can move forward as a country. And we won't have these steps where we take, you know, that step back and then move forward. You know, you won't need to.
1: Yeah, I, I personally, I hope that, I hope that history, paints Donald Trump with an honest brush. And with that, Bob, yeah, I will, I will leave you in Rhode Island. I can't wait to come back down and see you. yeah into
0: once COVID's over I can't wait for
1: you to be here yeah once uh <laughs> whatever or whenever the president you can, I the guess. president said he wanted <laughs> to he um, wants to order two hundred million doses so
0: I think I'm next too I think educators are yeah, next,
1: yeah. teachers are next
0: we'll be in touch I'll let you know
1: <laughs> love to so, love to be here for love coming, to... As always so also do we want to and... tell the listeners that now i am officially partner with you with this podcast
0: yeah i mean do you want to go into um i kind i mean i guess i told them
1: i kind of changed the name i got rid of my name
0: and i told them that you've kind of helped me but so
1: um, i've supported this is podcast anything you want to start doing it bob um, from someone that from someone that i met in a basement of my our buddy's apartment, uh, four years ago, um, and all the way leading up to now, where we are in our professional careers when it comes to this stuff, it's been a great ride, and I honestly can't wait to really make this a more serious thing in the future because this is something I truly care about. You can see when I talk that I have I talk with a lot of passion. Um, that may or may may not be Mm -hmm. incredibly biased. (laughs) I will always wear my politics on my sleeve. It's a part of the person I am since I was 16 years old. And my love for history has also expanded far beyond just 16. But I'm happy to be here and I can't wait to keep making this thing better.
0: Happy really to have you. I think I'm excited to just watch. I know we've been talking and you've had this glow and love for like museums. So I'm excited to have more museum podcasts with you moving forward because I'm sure you're going to do fantastic. You know, if you do get into that field, if you do start working in it, you're going to love it. You're going to be fantastic at it. Um, coming from someone who is starting to get his feet wet into that field. Um
1: you're going to love it. So no worries, man.
0: Thanks for being a part of it. <laughs>